just want the whole world to know about my black brother. I love you, and I'll never try to hurt you. I want you to know that I'm here for you forever, true. Cause you're my black brother, strong brother, and there is no one above you. I want you to. Hey there people, y'all remember that song? Mm. Had to throw it all the way back for y'all. Shout out to all my black brothers out there. You know that A loves you. Keep going and keep being the black king that God designed you to be, that he called you to be, called you to lead. So lead my black king. How are you feeling good people? I hope y'all good. As for me, I've had better days, but always remember, every day may not be a good day, but there's always something good in that day. So show up, find it, cling to it. You know, Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine, I believe it says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and then fasting your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. And honestly, when I digest that scripture, y'all, you know, like really chew on it, absorb it and allow it to dwell within me, I do feel better. It's like my hope meter is being filled. And for all of you out there that's not feeling too good, that's okay too. It's okay not to be okay all the time. Just remember to allow yourself to unpack your feelings. But while you're unpacking, just don't stay there too long. And if you do, always know that therapy and your faith in the Lord is always a good first option, not your last resort. Something that I've been telling myself lately is that even when I don't feel good, at the core of me, I'm good. Therefore, I will look good despite how I may be feeling because ultimately God is good and everything that he created is good. That means you too. Point blank period. Feelings are fleeting. Allow them to come and allow them to go. And when you look good, you feel good. So no matter what, look good, even in spite. Moving on. So good, people. We are on episode eight. And the series of this month is All Things Education. I told you last week how myself and my siblings are all in education, but different areas. Last week, y'all met one of my amazing sisters. It's four of us in total. My oldest sis, Kita. Today, I want you to meet another special dope individual who I have the pleasure and honor to call personally my big brother, Mr. Presley, to all his high school students. But to me, he's Gabe. And when he's getting on my nerves, he's Gabriel. (laughs) Gabe is a wonderful father of two under two. Yes, y'all, I said two under two and two boys at that. 
Lord bless him. He is also the head coach of Indo-Pacific Selfish Aquatic Swim Team, as well as the math school-based teacher lead and physical education teacher. Gabe has been working for the school district for 13 years. My brother is truly a renaissance man. And I'm not just saying that because he's my brother. He really is dope. I told y'all, we're two in our own horns over here. Toot, toot, period. (laughs) And for all you companies and brands that are looking for a tall chocolate black man to model or be featured, get at him, okay? So ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to introduce you to my big brother, Gabe. Welcome, Gabe. How are you? Yo, yo, what up, what up? I'm doing well. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. What are you consuming? Mm, well, I'm consuming positivity and the word from God. Okay. What what book are you reading in the Bible right now? Right now, I'm in the last book. Everybody should know, Revelations. Okay. Okay. All right. What have you been doing lately in regards to caring for yourself, whether that's mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally? Well, I do a lot when it comes to self-care. I've been going to the gym to stay physically fit and hit certain goals while being there. Plus, it takes my mind away from interferences and I get to zone out and have fun. I also write poetry because sometimes when I cannot verbalize what I want to say, I transcribe things into poetry form. Mm-hmm. I listen to T.D. Jakes, The Potter House, every morning before I start work. And I listen to my pastor, of course, Bishop Lambert. You know, outsiders call him Bishop. But when you're part of the family and have a church home, you just call him pastor. Okay. Um, I read like I read my Bible, but need to do it more consistently instead of mm-hmm. like three times a week. I need to do it daily. I need to have it a part of my daily routine. Mm-hmm. I also talk to my close friends. They're there to hear me out, give me good sound advice. We pray for each other. We look for good investments to invest in. So we will see outcomes down the line and reap those benefits. We make each other accountable. Okay. Okay. How have you been coping being a black man and a father of two biracial boys, especially in the world that we're living in right now? You know, the constant murdering of black people in general isn't something new. It's just being caught on film now. So how have you been handling that? I will have to say I've been doing satisfactory, just the welling and being under the word of God, making sure I'm prayed up praying over my boys and anointing them with my prayer oil. Yes, I said prayer oil. You got to get that prayer oil before sending them out to this world every night before going to bed, we pray. And in the morning, we do a little simple prayer to start our day. Right now, it is a scary time for being black in this world. Me being a bearded, dark skinned man, muscular built is intimidating to a lot of people just from the appearance level. At first, I was terrified about leaving the house and afraid of never returning because I may be the next victim to the hands of a cop mm-hmm. who might be having a bad day or so. When you see a cop car following behind you, you get nervous because what you see on social media and the news, mm-hmm. it is scary. We are not safe. But again, we've never been safe. Having and raising two biracial boys who I love with all my heart 
the world may see my boys as black or maybe a little mix, but they are a minority and seen as a threat. So I have to do my job in helping raise my sons to my best ability and teach and guide them along this journey and making sure I teach them to always put God first and give all your worries and he will take care of the rest. Mm, that's really good. The, the anxiety that I feel when a cop gets behind me, I feel like I'm driving around dirty. Like I got two kilos in the back of my tenant windows when I know my paperwork is, is cool. I'm not driving around with no drugs. It's just like the fear that overcomes me when I do feel cops behind me. So I, I definitely get that aspect. Why is education important to you? Well, as a race from the beginning of time, we as a people were denied that opportunity. And now we're trying to play catch up. Education is a tool. Knowledge is power, but put it into action is a greater dominance to have. My parents have always told me, get your education because people can't take that away from you. One of the phrases is put something in a book if you don't want a black person to know because they believe we are illiterate. So it is our duty and obligation to weaponize ourselves with education and bring it back to our communities to share and that we may grow stronger. Mm. Nelson Mandela has a great quote for exactly what you were just saying about the greatest weapon. He said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And that's like, I mean, it's true. He couldn't have said it better. What's your educational journey? How did you find your way into education? I guess it's always been a part of my my life. I grew up in the public school systems, went to local universities in Pennsylvania, where I got my bachelor's and master's. I found my way into education by having a heart-to-heart conversation with myself. You got to really talk to yourself to see what's going on. The jobs where I worked before were time-consuming and didn't really allow me to have the family I knew I wanted. I knew I wanted to have children and be able to be there for them and spend time with them. Society had it as though Black men do not raise kids. Black men are uneducated. Black men don't know how to treat women and so on. And I knew that wasn't me. So with that being said, you know, I had older siblings who teach in some form of way in education. And I looked at how they had their summers off and out of work at a reasonable time to have that quality time with their children, because that is important. Family is imperative. So it was kind of a no brainer for me to choose that path because I was looking at things in a long term perspective. Like I wanted to make sure I'm there for my children be able to go on vacations during the summer, always be there in their lives. And now I've been in education for about 13 years now. Okay, okay, I do. I I swear, leaving Imani from having my summers off to moving, transitioning to preschool and coming in the house and seeing y'all with being home in the summertime and I'm off work and y'all grilling and stuff. I'm like, I, I, I'm tired of this. I can't, I need my summer back. I am tired of coming in there. Everybody chillax and just relax and eating good. And I've been, been working with these kids all day, all, all year round. So if y'all not in education, preferably the school district or a charter school or maybe a private school, get your summers, get your summers. Okay. Because it's needed. Yes, it is. 
We all hear the phrase Black educators matter. But why does Black male educators matter from your standpoint? Because seriously, Black males in education are like unicorns and y'all presence is truly a present that is needed, especially in a classroom and in education. So Black male educators matters to me because we need to have representation in the education system. Mm -hmm. Blank period. Yes, we are unicorns. Too many of our students are being taught by other races and some of them don't have our students' best interests at hand. Some think they are here to save our kids and want to be down with the Black population. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that all other races can't teach our students because we have some of our very own who can't teach as well. Mm -hmm. But it is important that our scholars see Black males teaching content area subjects and making making an impact on their lives. Because usually you only see Black men, whether if it's in the suburbs or something, they are usually either teaching just phys ed or an elective. Sometimes they're not usually teaching content areas as such as math, science, or English. Mm-hmm. You know, my school where I teach at has a vision statement that says today's scholars, tomorrow's leaders. Mm. That is so significant because you must believe that our children are scholars mm-hmm. and the level and rigor of work we give them will eventually translate into tomorrow's leaders. Growing up, I can count how many black educators I had on one hand and only two were males. Any black males that were in the school systems were either security mm. or maintenance people. I did have one principal, though, who was a black male at the elementary level. Wow. I think I had two black teachers that I can count on, but Mr. Milton at ENS, African-American history. I mean, shout out to you, Milt. He, he, it just grew my love for African history. And it was just so profound that I had a black teacher, a black male teacher teaching African history, African-American history, because sometimes in public school, which I think is crazy, you will have like white teachers teaching African-American history. And it's like, ah, do you really care? Do you really get it? Do you understand our history? Or are you just doing it because this is the this is a class that they told you you had to teach? And one book, I think, for all those out there who needs a good recommendation or teachers, for white folks who teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too, because like you said, there's some of us that don't know how to teach our own. It's a good read. It's by Christopher Emden, I believe, if I'm pronouncing his last name. If not, please forgive me. It's a great book that I think all educators, honestly, in public, private, and charter should read and higher institutions as well. So, Gabe, being a Black male high school educator, what challenges present itself? Well, first and foremost, achievement gaps. The gap is so large and widespread that it's troubling. I would also say work ethic skills that students lack, study skills, number sense, retention skills, all these things our students have not been taught, you know, or shown how to be taught. Mm. The work ethic do you think is definitely like a generational thing since you're there and you've been in the school district for 13 years? Like, have you seen the work ethic change dramatically or it's been the same? 
it definitely has changed. It seems like a little year after year, it gets a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. You have social media that has a big play. Kids don't know how to decipher to be on social media or do their work. You know, they get more consumed with those things instead of, you know, prioritizing things that are supposed to be important. Yeah. I know personally, I can, social media can be like a black hole for me. Like I'll catch myself like, oh snap, it's been three hours. I've been just scrolling and I could have been so much more productive, but. Mm. Right. And if people really look at, even on your social media, on Instagram and stuff, it actually breaks down of how many hours you put in each day. So you can actually see that, you know, you can do a math lesson on that forest charts. If you're in an elementary school, You always got to learn how to relate the things that the students are doing in life and transcribe it into math or whatever content area that that you're teaching. Hmm, The relatability of it all. What thrills and aha moments has made you proud to be in this role as a black male educator? When I see my students... 10 years down the line, and they always say, hey, Mr. Presley, thank you for always believing in me and always expecting the best out of me. You were a cool but strict teacher who prepared me for this world. That's always a good one. Uh, Another example would be students who say I equipped them. I equipped them for college. Mm -hmm. I still have students who call me to this day with math problems in college. My job doesn't just stop once you leave my class. And I let them know that it takes a village to raise our youth. We have to continue to help them along this way until they're able to be in the seats where we are and give back. Yes, it definitely takes a village. Most definitely. Why don't Black male teachers stay within a classroom setting for long? Black male teachers don't stay in the classroom for a number of reasons. Um, One is the burnout rate is crazy. Mm -hmm. There's no support at times, not enough money. Some people feel as though, listen, I ain't signed up for all this. You know, y'all don't pay me enough money for all this headache, you know. Mm -hmm. And some just become administrators. You know, they feel as though that maybe being an administrator, they can try to tackle it from that level, opposed from just teacher side. Okay. This lane that you're in, the math school-based teacher lead and physical education teacher, is this your God-given lane? And if not, what do you believe God is calling you towards? I would say for this season, it is my lane and I will maximize it to the fullest until God sends me in a different direction. Okay. Okay. You know, it's season, seasons. We got to be able to switch lanes when the season calls us. Okay. During this remote learning, how has teaching been for you? Like, how do you keep the students engaged and present? Well, teaching has been more work as this is now a virtual learning season. Mm -hmm. More meetings, more time at my computer, which is not healthy for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so God bless people who constantly sit at an office desk staring at a screen. I keep my students engaged by talking to them, making jokes, getting to know them personally. So we have like Google Meets and Zooms. I do breakout rooms for my students. And that is a time where 
there can be student discourse and we can converse about math and have a good time. Mm-hmm. It is different doing this virtually, but I get it done. Okay. Okay. So getting it done. Do you have any challenges that might make you feel that you're not able to reach your students like you once did? Yes. When a student needs one-on-one assistance during class, Mm -hmm. I cannot just go and sit next to them and listen and give my advice. So I have to be creative now in my approach with students, because if I try to talk to one student, I'm basically talking to the whole virtual class. And some kids, you know, needs that silence to just focus. So it's challenging, but we're, we're, we're finding a way. We're finding a way to make it happen. How has classroom management on Zoom been? Like, are the kids trying you or are they mm-hmm. like, it's Mr. Presley's room. We know what we're supposed to be doing. No, they don't really try me as much. I talked to one of my colleagues before I know at my school, we did a a YouTube video introducing the teachers Mm -hmm. and I had my turban on, bearded man, dark skin. I was out near the beach. So, you know, my eyes look very piercing, like I'm staring into someone's soul. My kids, when they finally got to my class, they said that I look very scary to them. Mm -hmm. And I said, but now that you know me, how am I now? They said, no, you still scary, but you know, you it's cool. Like, you know, like I'm, we, we getting to know each other. And I said, all right, that's good. It, it just builds a student teacher relationship. And I let them know, you know, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to equip you. I'm out for the games. Mm-hmm. We those games at home, not, not here, not in my classroom. And they respect that. They love that I'm consistent and that I hold them to a high standards, which I do myself. Mm, okay. You know, a healthy amount of fear didn't hurt nobody. I know mommy and daddy definitely instill a healthy amount of fear into us. I'm like, oh, all right. Absolutely. They definitely did. Can you give us any tips on how to help and succeed when teaching maybe our children, sisters, brothers, and our grandchildren math during these unfavorable times at home? I would say sit down with your children and ask them about their day. Ask them, what are you learning in math? If they can expound and communicate to you, then they understand the concept very well. They can conceptualize the material. I will also say parent engagement. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I mean, don't wait for the teacher to call home. Mm -hmm. You call, be active in your children's education, pull up their grades. Come to the school town hall meetings. Come to parent-teacher conferences. We need you guys invested. And if you're invested, the kid will be invested, you know, and we can have this triangle that is very powerful because when you have the teacher, the parent, and the student all on the same accord, great things can happen. Yes, indeed. Parent involvement is key, people. Like, teachers want y'all involved. We, I hope y'all now know since, you know, the, the pandemic that y'all kids be a, a handful, get their behaviors together because they be wilding out in class. I hope you got a taste of your own child's behavior now that you've been with them all quarantine. So yes, please be engaged. We need y'all. We are a team. And I often tell my parents at the preschool level, like we're in it together. Their success is our success. So like we have to work together. 
So I definitely agree. What can all high school students do to remain on top of their workload and still balance maybe extracurricular activities or jobs? Put boundaries, put boundaries in place, communicate with teachers and your parents daily. Mm -hmm. Um, Write out your assignments on a big calendar so you know when they are due. You don't have a calendar, you know, put it in your phone, put those reminders up so you know what to do and just don't procrastinate. Mm. Procrastination is nothing but the devil. And it's the assumption that God will give us tomorrow to do what he called us to do that day. To my final questions, this with an S, <laughs> I have three, one for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. One, do you love what you do? Two, do you realize the impact that your presence have on our students? And three, what keeps you going and showing up for these students that you teach? I do love teaching and building authentic student-teacher relationships and seeing my students excel. Okay. I've seen the context in when I was just teaching math and then I was I wanted to just do phys ed because I love to work out. It's still part of math, too, even when you're working out and understanding phys ed isn't just basketball, just shooting a ball. We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about abuse. We talk about depression. We talk about everything underneath the sun that pertains to physical education and health. But I understood why my principles wanted me to stay in in math because the presence is greatly for our kids. They need to see black men teaching math at a higher level. You know, I charged it to my heart that, you know, as long as I'm still teaching, that I will be that person who, you know, for my kids to look up and see and know that I will always be there for them. And The third one was what keeps you going and showing up for these students that you teach? Accountability, being determined, showing them that I won't give up and that I'm here every day putting in the work to see them thrive. I'm showing them what black excellence look like and I'm here to weaponize them with the gift of understanding math. Okay, we aspire to inspire before we expire. And you're living that out currently in the season that you're in. So that's good. That's good. Thank you all so much, Gabe, for blessing me with your time and your presence on Good Food, Good People Podcasts. I will be sure to give you a free babysitting night pass for you for blessing me, okay? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, y'all know what time it is. Yes, it's time to talk about busting the grub. And if y'all don't know by now, I love to eat. My family loves to eat. We appreciate a good ass meal, food that makes your mouth water. And we can all throw down in the kitchen when we feel like it. And we don't eat from everyone, nor everywhere. In the words of my good sis, Tolu, a.k.a. Brush by TKO on Instagram, to break bread is a privilege and everyone don't get that. You can't eat with everybody. Remember to be intentional with who you allow into your space. 
and who you give yourself to. Energy is currency, y'all. So spend well. I'm shouting out Philly Platinum Grill, located 7719 Crediton Street, not too far from Chestnut Hill, if you're familiar in the Philadelphia area. I think it's like right off Stanton Avenue. I have been there a couple times, and each time my food has been very, mm, it's been real tasty. Their seafood chowder is so yummy, and the fresh Atlantic salmon is seasoned well. I'm all here for the seasons, honey, okay? I believe they have a brunch menu as well, but I haven't been yet. So if you have, please let me know how the brunch is because I live for a nice brunch, a little mimosa, you know, a little orange juice. Please share your thoughts and recommendations with me. Go check them out and let them know Good Food, Good People podcast sent you. Tag me, take a picture and chat with me so I know you listening and that you're trying the places that I recommend. And for real, y'all, like try them out. They're good eats and they're black owned. So go check them out. Gay, what are you shouting out? What you putting the good people on? Well, lately I haven't been going out to eat, but one spot that I definitely, once this pandemic is over, I'm definitely going back to Barclay Prime. Definitely. The ambiance is lovely. It's a nice, relaxed, mature, sophisticated place to go and eat. Okay. Their steak, filet mm. mignon, it's like it literally melts in your mouth. Like I thought some other restaurants that I went to, I thought their steaks were good, but they have this American Wagyu filet mignon. It hits home. Mm, like butter, just melts in your mouth like butter. That's right. That's all it is. <laughs> what about they sides, though? Like, is they size sitting, too? Sides are definitely nice. You get a nice size um, side that you that you will get. The drinks are a little bit expensive, but okay. it's top shelf over there anyway. But it's a good place to go and just relax. If you know, if you just want to eat by yourself and just enjoy it, it's the spot. Mm. Now... The real question is, how do you take your steak? Medium well done. I don't want my steak dry, Mm -hmm. but I I, I want that juiciness. I want to be able to smack my, you know, my teeth, my tongue, you know. All right. Okay. That's how I like my steaks. I ain't there yet. When I was eating steak, I liked it well done. It's the nigga in me, (laughs) y'all. Where's this place located? 237 South 18th Street. Okay, okay. So y'all heard if you're looking for a good steak. And when I was eating steak, y'all, Gabe would definitely put me on to all the good steak places. So trust them. It's probably good. I don't even eat steak no more. My mouth is a little watery right now. But okay, good people. If you haven't already, please follow Good Food, Good People podcast at G-D-F-O-O-D-G-D-P-E-O-P-L-E-P-O-D on Instagram. Be a blessing first and always be blessed. Remain intentional and always seek God and make time for him before anything else. Be well, good people. Eat good. Surround yourself with good people and remember to bring good and all the goodness there is home first. I don't know, y'all, if Gabe is doing any personal training, but if you want your body right looking tight, holla at him for aquatics and in a gym.
he to go to. I mean, I ain't on his level. I'll be trying, but I ain't there yet. So hit him up if you need any fitness or holistic healing or recommendations. He's the go-to. So see you next time, good people. Thank you, Gabe. Love you much. I appreciate you. No doubt. No doubt.